right, guys. It's a great song, oh. by the way. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> cut, cut that one quick. Um, we have together with us Kyle uh, Hobson and the Wayne McCormick. Um, so this is going to be a fun one. This is a little different. Um, we, I'll, do you want, I'll give you some introductions. Is uh, And big disclaimer um, that uh, it could get interesting here. <laughs> with Kyle was just making fun of me the whole time and his wife Haley um appreciates that because the very first thing did we ever tell you the kitchen table story no okay Kyle's wife is super super handy right more handy than Kyle um and uh, I'm, I'm not gonna try to mm, make fun of that one but that's okay maybe different areas <laughs> so she's building this kitchen table or this this uh, dining room table she's building her own dining room table it's fantastic but she built it for like 10 people and, and I had to ask her, I was like, you don't have any, 10 friends. Like you, it's a fill the dream type of situation. So I was kind of being a jerk about it. And, uh, and Kyle like doesn't laugh at my sarcastic things like that at all. So, so anyways. for Thanksgiving, he came over to dinner and we put all the kids and all the adults there, except for we made a small kids table on the other side of the room for Chris. <laughs> I didn't even get to sit at the table. No, they eventually invited me on. So I guess I'll start this with me talking about how I'm rude to people. But <laughs> so, um, but Kyle uh, Hobson is a dentist here in town. Runs his own practice uh, now in town for how many years? Uh, pushing four years in May. Pushing four years, Hobson Dental. Correct. Right. And Wayne McCormick is the a broker of uh, Realty Executives now for how long running? Uh, since 2008. Official broker. Yep. And then how long have you had your real estate license for? 28 years. 28 years. Born and raised in the business. Exactly. Good old Dave. Good old Dave McCormick started in 1977. Continued the dream. I love it. I love it. And so we thought it would be really fun since Kyle is a client of Wayne's. Um, We've been talking about uh, just uh, your guys' relationship and customer service. And you had a lot of different thoughts on that, right? And so there's a lot of... I think today we'll have a lot of different themes in just our discussions, but wanted to kind of kick out, or we should go right away into it maybe, just talking about um, customer service, where as a broker, and you work with your agents and your clients, um, what does that even mean to you, Wayne? What is customer service? Well, you know, the customer service experience just starts from the first touch with the client and every step of the way through the process. And uh, we're a full-service brokerage, and we take on extra overhead to make that client experience smooth and seamless. But we give extra support to our agents that are in the field a lot with their clients, where a lot of your brokerages have gone with a discount model, cut out all that support because they're trying to cut their overhead down. So we're one of the few full-service brokerages in town, and we're one of the oldest real estate offices in town too. So obviously the model works, yeah, and we've been very successful. And it made to jump over to Kyle on it to where it's, it's a different definition in your world, right? As a business owner and customer service, um, someone might think of the two times a year, hopefully <laughs> that they're coming in for a cleaning. Don't worry. People hate what I do anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> they, it's the ends to me. They love their bright smile and they love their house. But sometimes, and I actually make a joke all the time with people when I'm like, Hey, I know that thinking about, you know, financing a house is like going to the dentist. I actually use that term. I did not know that. But not, not to make that association all the time, but I try and let them know. It's not like it's the ends uh, or it means to an end, right? Um, so again, they love their bright smile. They love their house, but getting there is sometimes uncomfortable and a different process for them, right? 
Well, I think a lot of it is you got to be calm, at least in my business, you got to be calm in what I do because people I hear every day, maybe five or six or seven times a day, I hate coming in the dentist. I hate what you do. I always joke, I hate what I do, don't hate me, but that's usually what happens. But I believe that customer service and actually making people, I have a lot of patients that come through my office a day and uh, to make sure they know who they are, they know who I am. I make a phone call. I call patients all the time. I tell them to call me if they need anything and to leave a uh, message with my front office. I'll call them back the same day. Uh, most people have my cell phones. There are some patients that don't get my cell phone because they'll abuse it. But um, for the most part, most everyone knows who I am. They can get a hold of me anytime. They can send me a text, uh, whatever it is. Uh, I just had a patient today, this morning, say I actually felt feel comfortable coming into your office because you guys know who I am. And I love that's, it. that's the biggest thing is that I know most of my patients by name. If I don't, I learn really quick, and if I forget, I have some cheat sheets on that. But for the most part, I know most of my patients. And sometimes it's when you're customer service-oriented, you actually think about those people outside the office sometimes, which I try to separate work and and home stuff. But, yeah, I randomly will think of a, a patient, and then we'll come in the next day, and my sister and my hygienist, hey, what's going on with this patient? Oh, we, I was actually just thinking about him last week. I have not heard from them. Um, so we, when Wayne's talking about overhead, I, I had the right office staff for me to actually know. And if I can't think of a patient, I know who it is. If I can't think of their name, usually my staff knows who they are because they are friendly as well. There's a lot to break out on that. Um, it reminds me of my little brother. I love him to death, but he, when he was little, he hated the dentist so bad, he would hide underneath the chair, and there was only one hygienist that he let clean his teeth. Um, and so, so where I'm going with that is it seemed, you know, we know that relationship and trust are important, but it almost seems to me like the more anxiety-ridden the task, whether it's you know, buying a house right now in this market or getting your teeth cleaned, that you actually the right direction is to tone that up where a lot of people tone that down. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, if, if you're, if you're in the chair and the dentist doesn't know exactly what he's going like, you know, uh, it, it, or I love when I'm there to say, Hey, you're going to fit a little pinch. Right. Do you say that? Do you use that line? I use that line all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and let's see. So Wayne, what's your, what's your, um, comparable like phrase? Like if you're dealing in this market and people are feeling some pinches, what's your comparable phrase where you kind of prepare people for reality? Well, you know, uh, it depends on what side of the stick you're on. If you're on the selling side, you might feel a little bit of pain right now. On the buying side, you're you're pretty happy. You can get some very favorable terms in the market. So it really depends on what side of the stick, um, yeah. so to speak. But um, kind of like Kyle was saying, you, you have to – have that comfortability into each step of the way. And if they're comfortable with you, they'll follow the lead and there's no extra nudge or push or, you know, regrets. They, 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 they follow right along. So it's just a matter of, you know, dialing into their specific needs and then making sure that we're achieving the goals and get the results they need to have to the benefit as good as we can with these market conditions, get the best benefits for them, 
on either side, buyer or seller. Absolutely. There's something I interrupt. A lot yeah, of it go, doesn't, I don't like, particularly in my industry, blind faith. Uh, blind faith to me is not someone taking charge of their own life or their own teeth or their own mouth. And it would be the same thing in real estate. If you don't aren't invested in being able to provide all the documents as a seller or as a buyer or as a seller, to provide all the documents on time to the real estate agent or to the brokerage or whoever it needs to go to or to the bank, then you're not really taking charge of what you are doing. And it's the same thing in teeth. I have patients come in to me all the time. Hey, I'll do what you want, what you think's best, what you would do for you. Say, so, yeah, I'll do that, but let me explain why I am doing that because I need you to take charge of your own mouth because I do very little in comparison to what you do every day. I tell patients all the time, I'm not with you every night to brush your teeth or in the morning. I'm here maybe 10% of the time when you come in every six months, three months, four months, or every week for some patients, whatever it is. It's the same thing when buying or selling a house. If you're not going to take charge of it, it's not going to go anywhere. You can't, the saying is, can't pull teeth for someone. That's easy for some people, but you can't force someone to do something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, that kind of lines up for a lot of people to need to know that um, getting something you want requires action on your part. But the optimal result is then you taking action, you driving the bus, but working with professionals that you put in the right seats. Correct. And I'm, I'm curious, um, whereas a lot of people, you know, right now, it's not easy in the real estate market. You know, it's ultimately my, my skill set in talking about dentistry is going to be much more limited than our audience is more real estate driven. That's why um, I don't talk about real estate. Yeah, no, about you dentistry. brought it there. You brought it there. Um, but uh, but being able to say, you know, it's not it's never a comfortable situation. Right. Um, and not to dig too much into Kyle's personal life, but he sold and bought a home. And there was a lot of probably clutch nights and evenings of like, man. Is this going to line up? How's this going to work? And But you paste it out. And, and I'm curious where I'm going with some of this, though, is I'm curious to see when we talk about you wanting to let people know that you care is a huge aspect of that that relationship and your professional people's satisfaction in you as a professional. Let's put you on the spot with Wayne here. How did Wayne do that with you? Did, did he do that with you? We had a lot of jigsaw puzzle pieces we had to put together, yeah. but we had to yeah. do it, so it was a smooth transition for Absolutely. his family. Yeah, we had to buy and sell a house when the market was as hot as it could possibly be. Yep. Well, we didn't have to, but we did. Yeah. Um, you had a goal. We had a goal, and that goal came faster than we thought in our personal lives. But uh, going back to what did Wayne do, I've bought and sold... I've been here, what, less than three years? I've bought a house, sold a house, and bought a house in less than three years. So uh, Wayne was not my real estate agent the first time, and I know that real estate agent's name, but I have never met him in person, actually. Oh, wow. He sent his uh, other real estate agent partners uh, with him. Yeah. Assistance. Assistance or something, uh, okay. Never met him. Uh, he is a referral from someone that we know down in Phoenix because uh, we didn't really know anyone up here at the time, and okay. we were in a pinch. And um, yeah, I actually never met him, and that's something Haley and I have talked about. We've never met that uh, real estate agent. Uh, Wayne dealt with a lot of puzzle pieces with my purchase and sale, and he was able to pull through and talk and communicate at whatever it was. And he's like, "Hey, you need to get this done. You need to get this done. You need to get this done." 
just to guide us, and then we had to take the reins. And so just having that understanding, hey, I'd be careful with this, or I'd be careful with that, just that conversation uh, of, hey, this is what I see. Again, that's in my life. This is what I see on your x-rays. This is what I see in your mouth. This is what I see. You decide what you want to do with it. And I bet you Wayne has more clients that he could take care of later on. If I wasn't one of Wayne's clients then or whatever, he has time to do something else. And so uh, when you take someone who has a good referral base and a good understanding and understands what real estate is and knows a lot of places around here, that's the person you go to. And the, so the customer service there was always there, uh, always communicating with us. I think that's a key point. Uh, when you go into my office or go into any office or any any industry, someone needs to be able to talk to you. If they can't talk to you, then you don't understand what's going on. You don't understand what's happening, and you're lost, and you're going to be taken advantage of. And, and would you probably say on both ends as far as when you didn't have a relationship with the previous agent, right, that you didn't have a relationship, not only do you probably feel that you didn't feel comfortable maybe asking some questions that came up, because there was no relationship? Uh, I'm not that type, though. I'll ask questions. <laughs> okay, so I'll ask questions. So, uh, but also, but that I they would say were, most people would not. And did you feel like they were maybe not as attentive? Or do you feel like even at the distance that you didn't know them, well, that's still... I think we're a, we're a unique client, and Wayne can say if I'm not or not, or I am, but we do our own research as well. So what happened with the previous house, say, hey, this is the house we want to look at. Let's go look at it. Yeah, it's not like hey, I was sending MLS listings all the time, and hey, this I think it might work. No, this is the house we want to look at. This is where we want to go, and here and there. Yeah. Um, with the, when I purchased the house in March, um, it was above our budget, right, Wayne? A little bit above. <laughs> and Wayne's like, um, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I was like, well, that's mainly my wife. Let's go look at it. Yeah, and so. He understanding, hey, you told me that what my budget was, this is outside your budget, I'll still go. So he still wanted to make me happy and wanted to know and show me at least the house. Yeah. We ended up buying it. But see, that was insightful because I was looking at, you know, is there flaws in the floor plan? Is there anything like there that we could, you know, monopolize on to kind of help our situation and the value? So you never know what you can discover with an on-site visit. Um, also, too, I, I had to see the floor plan and kind of see, but the location and some other really strong premiums were there. So it was like, yeah, you know, and, and uh, I, I don't know, just some extra communication, kind of picking up that we had a motivated seller, which was pretty good to, you know, in the market yeah. conditions we were navigating, to hear – motivated seller there a little bit that was that was pretty exciting i was you know you know kyle and i were comparing notes and i'm like i, I think the seller's motivated you know and kyle's like yeah we want this house and so started just pushing kind of jabbing a little bit and and uh it came around pretty good and uh, we were very fortunate the seller had to move out of town and had a commitment out of town and they they wanted to they wanted to make a deal work and so we stepped down to a good platform there too i think that just um there's so many different pieces that you just unpacked right there that are critical in you know and thinking that a lot of folks i think right now are going to be going through what what kyle and his wife went through in this let's make a deal market and if you don't know if you don't do a little bit of digging and i think that was twofold right for you to you're gauging 
and getting a feel for Kyle and Haley and what they really want, and right. who they're, what they're really about. Are they really actionable? We're not creating a relationship report. Right. Well, also seeing like, is this house even feasible? And so from something where, yeah, I'd say maybe a lot of, you know, especially at the time when so many agents, they're not as busy right now, but when so many agents had, hey, hot things in the, in, in the hopper, you know, to be chasing for them to, for you to say, hey, let's give you the time and let's figure this out together. That ultimately, I mean, not to get all sappy, but like life's changed, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they're hitting the top of the budget, you know, is you're asking some your buyers to make a big commitment. And does this house have some good expansion possibilities for the family to grow into? Because, you know, when you're hitting the top of the mark, you got to, like, realize this is the forever house. You know, this could be a 20-year house. And is this property going to evolve <clears throat> with some additions and maybe some changes to grow as the family grows. And this property worked out beautifully for them. So, you know, when you get into those situations you and people are kind of hitting the top of the mark of the budget, so to speak, you really want to make sure because it's going to be a long-term house for them. And it's not a five- and seven-year, we're going to move into another new subdivision that just springs up in Flagstaff. Yeah. What? Not gonna happen. <laughs> no, 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 no. But but one other thing that's insightful though, when we're talking about this is uh, is I think or to talk about on and won't name specific circumstances, but within the last two weeks, I've spoken with someone that bought a home here in Flagstaff, uh, worked with a fantastic realtor. But there's this there's this phrase that's I think important for any professional to understand is you don't know what you don't know, right? And, and this buyer and this agent didn't know certain aspects about this house of, of things they could have done some more research on. And now about you know, one year later, the client's like, ah, you know, some factors on this home are, are really misaligned with our goals, right? And so I think just like you were saying is that you work to over-anticipate those so that doesn't happen, right? Because it's not necessarily a real estate catastrophe, but it can be. And it can cost time and money and frustration and lifestyle, um, and those are things that people don't think about, right? right. They oftentimes, um, especially I see it like with, when I'm working with buyers is they buy for today and they don't understand, you know, they might think about maybe tomorrow, but they're not thinking about a week and two weeks and two years and five years or 10 years from now. And where I think that that's where I work to save people money in my profession or where you look to save lifestyle, right. And, and money. Um, so what, how does a professional balance that? Cause there's certainly, as long as you've been in the business, or you've been in dentistry, there are things that you just don't know. So how, how do you work to, to manage that when you just don't know something? Or even with Kyle, there was things that you guys needed to do some research on, right? And how, how do you deal with that? Well, I, I think Kyle and I complement each other because he's very detail-oriented, and I'm watching the details, and we're comparing notes. So it was really kind of a nice teamwork working together, you know, and because you could be some variables that come up, and you're like, Oh, that's totally satisfactory. Yeah. Well, the buyer could sit there and go, "Oh, there is no way I'm going to tolerate that." You know, there is no I, I way exactly I want the bathroom. That I wasn't told there was a septic tank on the garage bathroom, and I have to pump it out every yeah, six yeah, months. Yeah, there is no yeah. way I'm going to tolerate that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, there's variables that you know the the agent could find comfortable, but the buyer doesn't find comfortable. You know, and and you want to make sure that you kind of exhaust all the details. And you kind of, you know, I've had numerous buyers say, Wayne, 
I hear the positives you're saying, but I'm hearing a lot of negatives you're saying too, but I still love the house. We're still going to buy the house. I'm like, that's fine. I have no problem then. As long as you knew the negatives, you're, you're good because those are going to come back around on the resale circuit when you decide to sell. And I don't want anybody to come back and say, hey, why is it not selling? Or here's the reasons why it's not selling too easy right now in these market conditions. So right now and the following year, there's going to be a lot of agents are called back and then they got to tell those people, well, yeah, that was a negative when you bought it. And it's really coming up as an issue why buyers don't want to buy your house at that price. Yeah. And it's it's kind of funny to me where I was like, I think um, – I think all our wives are satisfied. We should we should make sure. I don't know. Maybe I'm saying that too. Sorry, but but Deborah and Haley and Abby, uh, I think we're doing a pretty good enough job. But it comes almost to like the husband trait of you don't just listen and hear the words, but it's all about tone. (laughs) (laughs) And when you say it, yeah, yeah. Because there's one thing in my particular house that I I didn't catch that Wayne caught and said, "Hey, this might be a problem in the future. Uh, Is it something that's a deal breaker?" Uh, yeah, it may be, but it's not for, we're not reselling it in five years. So sure. whatever, it, it'll be fine well, at the end. If it stays in the family, it stays in the family, whatever. And it's all about risk and risk assessment, right? And so if you know, they look at a buyer inspection report and they understand these are the things I can live with. And these are the things I'm concerned about the, you know, then you understand risk versus being caught off guard and finding out, you know, six months after you move in that there's termites in the house, right? right. Um, it's a completely different thing if you know, hey, I have some termite infestation, I'm going to deal with it later versus surprise, right? And doing the best you can with that disclosure. And I guess um, that's where and maybe Kyle, then you'd mentioned kind of, you know, buyer pro tips here. So if this is like the buyer pro tip number one is, is participate in the process and even drive the process. Drive the process. I will tell you, Wayne, uh, that we had to drive the process with my lender a little bit. Okay. Uh, Which had, is not me, but yeah. Well, <laughs> not disclosure. It wasn't Chris. Uh, but Chris was forthright with me and I talked to him about it. And yeah. Chris is like, hey, I can't get better terms with you with your financial situation and your situation, which is very unique as a... Um, a business sure. owner, it is very unique and sure. it's not easy to deal with that stuff, particularly not having two years work history and a few other things. And a few people listening here will absolutely understand. Yep. Yep. Uh, multiple loans and multiple liens and this and that all over the place. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to drive it. You may have a simplistic situation where you have a W 2 is super easy, uh, but, and this is how much you make, this is how much you're making, it's, it's your contract. Sure, great. That's not me. Mine's very complicated. And so, yeah, I had to drive that. And Wayne was pushing me a little bit. Hey, I need this. I need this. I need this. Where's the lender? What's going on? Uh, and that was the push. And I'll tell you, going back to the customer service and buying and selling with Wayne, I thought, hey, it has to be mutual respect. Mutual respect for me as a sure. buyer. Mm-hmm. Mutual respect for him as his profession. I will tell you my situation is, again, unique. Uh, I don't think Wayne will ever forget it. Negotiations actually happened outside of Wayne's uh, voice, and that was very unusual. And I told the seller, I said, hey, I'm going to communicate with my real estate agent. I hired him for a reason. I hired him for his expertise. I hired him because I trust him. I'm not going behind his back. I'm going to tell him what the conversation we had because I knew the seller. I mean, talk about the conversation we had. We hired him for a reason, and 
that's what we're going to do. So it has to have that mutual respect because if you don't have that mutual respect and then there's going to be some backbiting, some things that you may oversee and there's going to be some, we're all human. There's going to be some issues if you don't have that mutual respect as a seller, seller or buyer to your real estate agent. I had that respect. I called him up as soon as I got off the phone. Wayne, this is what happened. Here's what's going on. Yeah. No, that is huge. That is absolutely huge. And there's a trust and belief in it, right? I've been doing this um, quite some time. Um, I have a pretty good, like, I shouldn't say this, like, it, it recorded, but I I could go toe-to-toe with quite a few agents on their contract, and I'm not a licensed real estate agent, but I know the contract, right? right? And I, I've spent some time with Gary Nelson. <laughs> but he'll like he that. He is a contract ace. He is an ace. Um, and, uh, it, but, but I... I used Wayne as well um, as a real estate agent, or I have, and and to find things. You know what I tell people all the time? Not just that this is a big like Wayne, like go Wayne show here, um, but when we're standing in a, in the house that ended up being what I hope to be our forever home, um, and you're looking at the mud and you're telling me how the the dirt and mud is going to be different here than in other areas, and you know, if, if than we, my house, and it was not too far away. <laughs> <laughs> Who has superior dirt? <laughs> Not Flagstaff. Yeah. yeah no. I go outside but, the ceiling. But it's things that you, like, that's why I hire people is to tell me, that's why I use a CPA. That's why, well, I can't do my own dental work. Um, that's why I use professionals to tell me what I don't know, right? And and so let's kind of double down on that right now in this changing market times. Um, you know, how, what are the things that buyers sh- should be really concerned on it that they don't know right now. Well, I think, you know, Kyle stepped on the, on the issue a little bit is he had some discovery. He had discovery of some information. He shared it with me. I pulled it in, decided to do additional investigations, maybe some extra due diligence. And that was real beneficial. That was some stuff that came through a secondary channel that you don't always get. Yeah. You got to go through the hoops to get that information later. And we got a little bit up front. So that was kind of nice. Um, then bring in the structureness into the contract terms because pro- people that talk a little bit too friendly sometimes are lazadaisical, and then guess what? It's like, oh, that's not going to be a problem for you, and then it turns into a problem, and you had nothing to really protect yourself in the long run. But, you know, it's just knowing what resources to go to, discovery, going and just poking around, poking around for more and more information to make sure – you have the big picture of what the property offers, but the buyer knows what to expect in due time. <clears throat> Those home inspection reports are very beneficial. Helps us get little red flags of what to do additional inspections on and stuff like that. Because we bring in the experts in those categories, heating, plumbing, or whatever. We'll bring in those guys, uh, those contractors in those fields to give us some secondary comments to make sure buyer knows hey you know if there's going to be something that's going to be you know going bad or crashing down in due time they can plan ahead to have money for that to be retrofitted or updated because they knew it was going to happen it was operational at the time of the contract it's fully fine now but in five years you're going to have a problem so just you know giving guidance making sure everybody's on the same page because you never want that phone call. My rule of thumb is once I close the file, I don't want to open it up again after after we close. And you don't want that person calling you back a year later, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, 
got in the house, discovered all these problems. Well, you know, why did he discover all those problems? Was the inspections not complete or the agent didn't do enough due diligence on the behalf of the buyer? You never want that situation. You always want you want everybody to kind of know what to expect. And there's some unexpected situations that sure. happen. But just having the expert to guide the situation and making sure all possibilities and everything's been exposed and everything can be resolved or you kind of know some future wear and tear is going to come down as pretty expensive to fix in due time, then there's no surprises and no one's upset in the long run. Absolutely. I think it's that coming back to Kyle's original comment on really it's accountability, right? Start of 2023. You better be looking in the, um, I'm reading the David Goggins or listening to audiobook David Goggins. Do you know who David Goggins is? No, you throw out all these names. I have no idea. No, this hardcore like Navy SEAL ultra marathoner guy, and he 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 had a really rough life and a lot of things. And he talks about the accountability mirror, you know, look at himself in the mirror and then con it out for what it is. And I think that that's the where I'm talking about accountability that people need to understand. It is your choice of the professionals you decide to interview and work with, right? Don't use and I say this so so much of like don't use your cousin's brother's uncle right? To do yeah. your real estate transaction, right? Interview professionals. And what, you know, when you have someone that's been in the business, you said owned since 28 years, 27 years. Yeah. Or yeah, been a realtor for 27 years on the broker since 2008. I think Wayne might be someone you put on the, on the, you know, the top of the, the list there to connect with and, uh, and saying that you made that choice and then you're living with that choice and accountable to also be part of that process. Right. Um, I've always told people that they need to, when they're starting to home shop a little bit. And I tell, you know, when should I find, when should I get into it? And I'm like, don't wait to get qualified and to call Wayne. Like when the dream house pops up, don't do that. Especially, I mean, we're, we're in January right now. And I just had a client talking about a home. This was in your office where the home uh, went on market and still sold within 24 hours with two cash offers. So things, things are a little wonky right now. How does that happen? Wayne? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, you know, it's like Kyle said, you, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, consumers are doing their uh, investigations, they're checking, uh, there's a lot of resources that they can monitor and get housing updates on new listings. And uh, when the, they sometimes are just passive and they're like, yeah, we've been kind of looking, but we don't really want to waste anybody's time. That's usually what you'll hear up front from them. Yeah. Then the dream home pops up and it's like, we got to get this house. And then you're like, well, we got to get your prequel. Chasing the and then we got to get you into Chris's office. And well, that's going to take a lot of time. I'm like, Chris's, don't bite. <laughs> Chris's company will make it very efficient. Yeah. And you can do a lot of this over the phone, sure, sure, sure. scanning email. And it's a very efficient process. Oh, really? I don't have to, you know. And once they hear that, then they're like, oh, it is a lot easier nowadays versus when I bought my other first home 10 or 15 years ago. So usually... Your older generation buyer is the one that is always the one that's a little resistant. The newer and younger buyer base, they're kind of used to some of the efficiencies in technology sure. to get things done. So they're not afraid to do electronic signatures or, you know, and, and get things going. So, but they just, you get that buyer who's just been passive, doesn't communicate to anybody. And all of a sudden the dream home comes up 
and then they want to get the wheels going. And sometimes that dream home may be appealable to other buyers, and those buyers have been waiting in the woodwork, and they all pop out. So it's kind of a funny market right now. We get a little bit of this buyer surge, and then it quiets down. Then we get another buyer surge, and it just happens to be buyers who are just waiting for the right product. And then they emerge. And so it's kind of an interesting market to participate in right now. It is. It is. And that's where I think people just need to understand that you and I as real estate professionals are trying to get a gauge and a feel for what's happening out there. And then, you know, these little data points are popping up where I get that on my radar this morning that I, you know, the house went within 24 hours with two cash offers in educating our buyers, right? And, and sellers as well, but educating buyers and saying, you don't know what you're up against. Like, so the, the more, and Kyle's very detailed, you know, uh, mindset, you got to be a Kyle Hobson. You got to start, get on the horse now, get all your data, compile it all, and be ready to go, knowing that you and your agent and your lender, you guys are all on the same bus, you're driving it, and you're ready to go. Because I think we're going to see just a lot of weird things. We're going to see some weird things in the next six months, as far as weird being just very unpredictable Right. Certain properties are hot. Certain properties are sitting. Yeah. Where's the market? Where's the buyer demand? Because they're there. You know, case in point, I was talking to some clients this morning where last uh, um, last February where we had 29 offers. It's just one that I was exposed to. 29 offers and on a little uh, Lake Mary Road townhome, I had seven of those clients. Of course, with ethics, I'm just sending out the prequal for whatever they ask and everything, which is exactly what I need to do. Not knowing that the very first one had the highest offer from the other six over this holiday weekend. Right. And I'm empathetic. I'm just trying to help everybody goes for cash, like a hundred over ask. Um, and so you have 28 people that are still looking for housing. I think that's what people need to understand is yes, things have slowed down. People are spooked. It's the holidays. There's this rate freeze with every, you know, or people have kind of frozen over with these high interest rates and payments. But as things start to thaw, there's going to be some interesting movements that we, that you just can't predict that, Oh, I'll wait on my time. And now it's really buyer market shifted. I don't know. What were your thoughts there? Well, you know, I, I think Kyle can relate to this too, is that, the value it, it, it can be, you know, dissected a couple different ways. But it's like when they look at what uh, Kyle charges for his fees, okay, you might view it a little high, okay, but you go in the chair, you meet the staff, they do a great job. He's got the awesome x-ray machine. I couldn't believe how smooth that was on my teeth. And you get done, and you're like, like I totally agree. I totally agree with the value, right? You, yeah, you yeah, agree yeah. with the value because you got the experience with what he offers. And these these houses, they're not going to be taking a nosedive in value. The houses that are in good subdivisions, great location, and deferred maintenance isn't that bad on them. They're going to have a little dip, maybe on value, but they're going to hold pretty well. And one buyer may think he can elbow all the way through the deal with the seller and get a lower value, and then the next buyer in line is like, I have no problem with that value. I'll pay full price. Here's cash on top. So there's some surprises in the game right now, so to speak, that you can't assume you're the only buyer in the market. These buyers do pop out of the woodwork, and we've launched a couple of listings over the past month and uh, we were we were thinking maybe two showings for the first weekend, you know, ten we got, and it's in the five hundred thousand dollar price point. But these buyers just came out of the woodwork, 
and we ratified a contract, didn't work out, and put it back on the market. Ten more showings, and uh, we're hoping to get a ratified contract by tomorrow with a different buyer who uh, probably sees better value for the house. That's awesome. Oh, wouldn't you say we were out of the woodwork, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, you actually started the process early. And, you know. <laughs> a little more forethought on that one. But, um, yeah, and, and that's what's just so interesting in this market right now is um, it, it really feels like when people are concerned on value, I was seeing just this morning, it's two and a half months of inventory, right? So just again, for those viewers or listeners that four to five, I mean, I think industry says six, but really four to five is more buyer seller equal, right? That there's enough inventory and there's enough buyers that things, there's equitable negotiations. Is the kind of the balance equilibrium. Yeah. 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 And so with two and a half right now, it's just things, things, activity has slowed. That's the biggest thing, right? Activity has generally slowed. um, But we're not seeing these, Massive shifts. No, you know, we're not. It's just like uh, Kyle can tell you, his his patient base isn't dipping down. Uh, The consumer has a lot of money in savings right now. Uh, They feel confident, and they just look at how inflation affects their paycheck, and they have confidence. They're being a little bit more selective, Yeah, you know, with this transition that we're in. Um, But, I mean, you talked, uh, you know – Kyle will tell you his bookings aren't going down. I mean, if book if people are tight with their money, they don't go see a dentist. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll I disagree with that. A little they'll bit. prolong. Yeah, they'll prolong. They'll, pro, they'll prolong it if it's nothing serious. <laughs> yeah, it cost but, them you know, more money by then. It, it, it <laughs> could cost more money too. Labor wages could go up. But you know, if people are really worried about it, then people, you know, they they start making these decisions like that. Kyle's not getting any cancellations. People are still going in for their normal teeth cleaning and, and, you know, stuff like that. Kind of, you know, and talking to restaurant owners right now, they're booming. People are spending money. They had a great holiday downtown over the holiday, talking to the restaurant owners. They were booming. So consumers spending money, they're just being a little bit more selective right now. That's yeah. about it. So we're not we're not seeing a big change in consumer confidence in some ways. Exactly. Well, I was saying on top of that, it just made me think of the uh, what um, the local ski resorts charging for day passes now, <laughs> and it's supply and demand. Yeah. And my office, isn't this outrageous? I'm like, at least less people will be in the parking lot. You now know? there'll be too many people. That's why they're trying to push the money up. It's exactly. Just, uh, exactly yeah. what happens. And and so and to jump over. Um, Kyle, you know, I'm interested in that buyer sentiment and mentality. You know, I think we get a little indoctrinated and maybe, you know, since we're friends, I've indoctrinated you too much about real estate where, where we can see the diamond in the rough sometimes. Like not every deal is a good deal, but right. you can, there's always a deal to be found, mm-hmm. right, is what I could say on that. And so with you guys making decisions, which um, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? We don't know what markets are going to do. We don't know what rates are going to do. And, and what motivated you to, you know, take on a second job of, you know, learning all this different stuff, make a move, talk to people, go see houses, educate yourself, educate yourself. Why did you put yourself through that? My wife. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's the truth of the matter. (laughs) That's it. Uh, We don't need to talk about anything else. No, the more important thing is that we wanted a a forever home. Uh, Wayne alluded to it, but, uh, I bought a practice. I, I'm in the commercial real estate because I own my own building as well. That's a whole other personal yeah, yeah. story that I won't go into details on. But um, 
there's several things that are moving in my life and I want to be settled and be done with it. Um, not saying it's during the height at in March, February, we negotiated actually, and we actually got below listing significantly. So saying there's a diamond in the rough, mm-hmm. is there a motivated seller? Yeah. Is there a motivated buyer that's going to match correctly together? That is going to be with the finances, everything else. It's a, it's a juggling several different balls at the same time with a big puzzle piece trying to put it in the middle to make it work. And I tell people the details that want to know. I'm not going to do it on public, but uh, yeah. the details about it, if they really want to know, they talk to me, my friends and stuff. And, yeah, we got it pretty significantly below asking. Mm-hmm. And then I sold my house with Wayne and got significantly higher than asking uh, for the home it was. And so it was the perfect timing of it. And I look at the value of what's on the market now because even though I own my forever home, I'm still looking at the market. And those sources that Wayne's talking about, yeah, I look at those nearly every day. My passion is dentistry, what I do in dentistry. But, yes, I also want to try to make some money and make some equity somewhere else. And so I'm always looking. Uh, And when something comes up and I'm financially able because I know my finances – I know what I'm doing for the most part. Sometimes I feel like I don't, but. Or you uh, know the people. I know the people as well. I have my board of directors that I have. I have my CPA, my financial advisor, my real estate agent, whatever it is. I have someone that I can ask uh, because, and I hope that someone then asks, hey, ask my dentist or something like that. I have have patients all the time. Hey, do you have a second? I want to talk about my mom. I was like, sure, whatever. I'll talk about your mom, even though she's not a patient. This is what it is. In a dentist capacity. Yeah, we, we, yes. And the dentist capacity about their teeth. And, and I was like, yeah, well, I'll give you general terms. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it works. Like you, you need to be out there talking. Don't be afraid to ask. There is, I have patients ask me, I was actually even this morning, I have a stupid question. I said, no, nah, there is no really stupid question when it comes into my realm because you don't know what's going on in your teeth. You just smile and you think you have teeth and you chew and you eat food. Great. Yeah. But you don't know the details of it. I do. And let me explain a little bit of what's going on. That was not a stupid question at all. Yeah. Like you're actually right on. You just didn't know how to explain it correctly. And it almost, not not to uh, not to go too far out on a limb, but the more I think about it is it's really interesting in that sense of I don't want to think about my teeth. I don't. I want them to work. Well, uh, what, what other people complain about the dentist? Either they're in pain, it costs them too much, or... Something looks uh, funky. I, something looks funky, okay? <laughs> I, you have no idea. Yeah. I bet you 50% of people don't even know how many teeth they have in their mouth. And so I don't. Exactly. <laughs> one of the 50%. And so that is what I'm here for. Yeah. Uh, Chris is there for helping me with my finances of purchasing a home. Yeah. Wayne's there to think of the details that I don't think about. Yeah. So And you just want to work. You don't want to think about like You just want to have that, the house that works, the, work, the house that fits you, right? And the house right. that you're proud of, Right. Um, it's very, very similar in that, that, that we're helping people on something that's, uh, you know, rel- it can be uncomfortable for them to make decisions and for them to have to, you know, engage. Like we said, that accountability mirror where you have to say, what can I do? What, you know, does that line up with what I want? And I think a lot of people are going to be facing that. And I really encourage people to do that because, you know, the, the sooner that people are honest with themselves, the sooner that they can get to what they want and, and where they're willing to earn. And so that's where, hey, if you want to make a house here in Flagstaff happen, anyone has the right to go do that. Um, but you're going to have to make some decisions and you're going to have to do some homework. And, uh, and, and likewise, not to toot our own horns too much, and Kyle and I put ourselves in the same boat of saying, hey, what we want, we are not willing to pay for. 
So what we want is we're going to buy something and we're going to make it that, right? <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, some sweat equity and dealing with trades and things. Like far too often, I think people right now, and I would encourage people, but I'm excited. I'll turn the time over to you, Wayne, to uh, just want to get your take on it too, is my biggest thing right now in market, if I could say one thing to any buyer or seller is don't assume, right? Like Kyle is saying, again, like we've hit it so hard here, but hopefully it finally gets through to people, is educate yourself and ask and find professionals and say, what can we make happen? What's our abilities? What do we need to do? What can we make happen right now? Because you might just find that that house sitting long enough has a motivated seller. You might find that your abilities are better than you thought, or you need to tweak little things, but it's don't assume and kick some tires. Yeah, I think the consumer has to disengage from the media. Once they disengage from the media and go to the proper resources for their data findings, they're going to be so much more happier. Yeah. And that's the problem that we ha- we're probably having in some ways right now is, oh, it's all doom and gloom, you know. I'm not going to sell my house. It's going to, I'm going to get butchered on the price and I'm not going to call anybody. I'm just going to sit here miserable for another year. If they would call us and we could educate them a little bit better about what the real market's doing, it's just like Kyle giving a consult and the guy thinks his jaw is going to get ripped apart in half. And Kyle's like, it's not that bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's every once day. You give, once, you, <laughs> once you give them that yeah, input yeah, yeah. of, hey, it's not doom and gloom. It's, you know, it's not that bad. Then they start getting encouraged to be a participant into the market. Yeah. And that's what we're having a hard time right now is getting those sellers, potential sellers, to give us that call and, and make contact with us and let yeah. us educate you properly about the market so we can get some supply because we do have buyers that are in the woodwork that want to get out of a lease and want to get out of paying rent or just need to make a change for their family. So. And I think for people to understand, they're stacking up. Um, the amount of buyers that we've talked to that have not bought, the amount of people I know that want to own, um, there is this there's this large pent-up demand. And as soon as the floodgates start hitting, right, I, I, I don't know. I just encourage some people to think about it before that happens, not only so they're ready, but also maybe to make some decisions before, you know, all of a sudden everything's hot and popular and competing again. Um, but it does remind me, and it's it's just – Hopefully not too tangential, but did you ever, did you guys do a deep dive in the FTX stuff? Uh, I've watched a little bit of it. A little bit, yeah, just some snippets. Wait, wait, I won't go into all the details, and I, I, I don't really you know, play in that world at all, but I, I saw these enough headlines where I was like, okay, I got I to gotta understand what's going on in the world right now to Good see luck. what's going on in this, and did this like way too far of deep dive and trying to understand what all happened there. But one of the things I want to highlight is how many people listen to YouTube personalities and, and influencers and other like financial influencers that were just saying things that they went down the line and people were betting millions and billions without doing their own due diligence just because they believed in some talking head because they had so many subscribers. And I'm just saying, man, what a perfect example to say, hey, you know, and those same people and putting out some of these financial people that were putting out that also put out like their real estate market perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, are these people super, super savvy, educated that you should be banking your future on? Yeah. <laughs> Ask the folks that bet on FTX with them, you know, right. it, it's, it's a matter of you have to do your own homework and, and you can't just let, I mean, we're in a 
funky realm where you can do a lot of cool. Are you, are you saying Dr. Google is not 100% accurate? That's what I can say. <laughs> Dr. Google. No, get Dr. But, Google out there and tell your teeth are going to fall out because they hurt a little bit. Yeah. And do you get annoyed? So, and to Joe, do you get annoyed when someone comes in with their perspective of saying, hey, I think my kid's tooth has this or this going on? Do you get annoyed by that? Or do you appreciate that people do their homework if they also listen? Uh, if. That was the thing. It's a big if. I don't get annoyed. Uh, yeah. The thing is, and I think this is probably the same in real estate. It's, yeah. It's not my house. It's someone else's house. It's not my teeth. I'm sorry. I'm here to help you. Yeah. You do the rest. I'm here to help you. Yeah. If you're not here to listen, then you're not, I'm not willing to help you. That That's or the biggest. Can't. I can't. I, and yeah. so, yeah, I, I, I get on Google in front of the patient several times, but I know what to look at, what not to look at. Yeah. When someone says I have a sore on my tongue, they're going to sore say sore on tongue and Google I wouldn't look at that uh, because you don't know what you're looking at and it's going to yeah. feel like you have cancer in the mouth. And that's usually not the case. Yeah. And so that I think going back to the media and you guys have a different perspective than mine because mine has a little more details in it that you have to understand the details of it to actually put the puzzle pieces together to know what that person is going through. Yeah. And so, uh, Lots of recommendations out there from people that don't know anything, and you take that with a grain of salt. And I think I've become, I love people, I work with people yeah. all the time, but I've become pretty cynical and saying that even Wayne, if he told me something about my house, well, one particular example is the garage has a heater in it, and it was emitting carbon monoxide, and the sellers were not going to replace it. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that we asked for getting a little bit more details and Wayne's like, don't go work out in your garage with a garage shut. You might wake up dead. And I was like, well, that was one of the things that he was proposing to us. Hey, let's get some HVAC people out there. How much is it going to cost you? Sure. Cause if they're not going to concess to that, well, let's find out what you're going to have to save up for. Yeah. And so we didn't have to do it cause we bought it in late February, March. And there was some plumbing in there. Maybe we had to keep it a little warm. We just opened it if we were staying in there. So, by summertime, we were already saving up for that. Yeah, because yeah. we, we were expecting that. We had some bids, so they knew what to expect. And exactly. Once they got into that project, but again, I asked the person who knew. We asked the HVAC person. Wayne probably had an idea. He gave me a range number. Hey, it might be this. It might be this. But let's get someone who actually knows how much it's going to cost. This is the model you need. This is what you need here. This and that. And so, that is where the nitty gritty details, like we've Chris and I've said many times, is. Devils in the details. If we don't know the details, you will fail. Yeah. But you will not know it all. That's the biggest thing. I, even as a dentist, I don't know it all. Wayne doesn't know everything about the house, and no. you can't pull that back on Wayne. And say, hey, Wayne, um, the furnace was thirty years old. How come you didn't tell me that I had to replace it or whatever? Yeah. Whatever yeah. details there are in your house, it's not Wayne's responsibility. It is your responsibility. And not to be insensitive on it and because crap happens. It's a busy time. And I'll empathize with anyone on that. They don't teach this in school. This is a tough process. But I will say, like you're saying, Kyle, is it's your house. you got to be accountable. You signed that document. You should know what it says. Um, that's why it's a, it's a not a one-day process for a reason. Illegally, can't, you know, here in Arizona, we can't close for at least 10 days. And your due diligence, what usually extends the contract is right now traditional, like 30-ish day closing. And that's not just because, you know, we're super slow on things. It's because you need time to digest this stuff. 
And no, if, if it's a forever home, well, 30 days is probably a pretty fair time for, to date the home, figure out if this is it and, and make a commitment on it. And, you know, I, I, I say I won't be insensitive on it because you and I know plenty of examples when someone says, hey, Wayne, I didn't know this. And you're like, well, I added an extra initial line to that term that you then extra clicked on. And now you're telling me you don't know this. And now you have to unpack the semi truck and leave the, the things that were attached to the house yeah. or, oh, yeah, that you shouldn't have packed that you should have known. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, it could have been a real example. Um, well, well, I'll, oh, give yeah. a, I'll give a real example. We were packing up our home when we sold it and we called up Wayne and said, Wayne, is the refrigerator part of this buy sell agreement? He says, not on paper. And we, he looked it up. It's not part of the, the sell agreement. Okay, let's take it. Well, I wasn't planning on taking it, but I could always use a fridge and freezer. Uh, and so that wasn't part of it. And maybe the seller or maybe the buyer didn't know. I don't know. To this day, I, it's, it doesn't matter. But, but it's on them. It's on them to know, right? In their agreement, if they showed up, you know, that, that night needing something, it's not your fault, right? Uh, they had to make a little extra Home Depot call and wait four months to get that fridge right now. Um, the devil's in the details. And that's why, you know, I think when it comes down to it, the people need to understand you need to be educated, but you, you pick your professionals and it's on you if you don't make the right team. Because there are so plenty of good ones. There are plenty of not very good ones um, that you might be okay with. But there's a risk. And it just is a matter of when you're paying someone basically the same, you know, uh, uh, or very, very similar when it comes down to a lot of realtor terms and lending terms that a lot of things come down very, very similar. But the trajectory is far different. That's why I don't think a lot of people understand. I guess what are your other, any other thoughts or closing? We've been going a bit here. Any other closing remarks that you have on that on advice to uh to buyers or sellers right now? You know, uh, there's some great opportunities out there. And uh, um, and the values aren't dipping down too much at all. And uh, we're going to have a limited supply. So sellers are going to still be able to sit in the driving seat a little bit. Um, we're going to make a transition into a more balanced market here in due time. Sure. And that's going to happen. But uh, um Sellers uh, probably don't know what a golden gem they got till they speak to us and find out, you know, uh, the value that they thought they had. Well, the value we give them is probably a little bit more. And so, um, yeah, some good market conditions ahead and a um, little turbulence, but uh, we'll get through the turbulence and it won't be um, it won't be turned into a complete buyer's market anytime soon. Awesome. Awesome. Kyle, any closing remarks? Uh Take care of your teeth. I'm just joking. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, a fantastic remark. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing is always, in my opinion, get a second opinion. There's no harm in telling someone no, and there's no harm in telling someone yes. Um, if I could do that even in my own profession, I tell that all the time to patients. Take my advice as my advice. If you want to go a second opinion, go right ahead. It's your mouth. Take care of it. I want the best for you and I'm here to help you out and to hopefully have the customer service that you've never experienced in a dentist that you want to know as little or as much as you want about your own teeth. I can teach you. I can teach, 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 teach all day long. But if you don't want to receive it or if you just blind faith, hope it's the best. And when it doesn't work out and you place blame on other people other than yourself, then really there's a problem. Look in the mirror. And so I think 
my takeaway from all this is, hey, there are professionals out there who do professional jobs. There are professionals there to tell you yes, and there's people that tell you no. Get the people on your team that tell you the hard truth, the truth that you don't want to hear. I'll give one last example of talking to my brother-in-law. I talked to him about some personal things with him, and I told him what he did not want to hear. And it was the truth, unfortunately. And everyone else was telling him, oh, that's just great. Make that decision. That's perfect. Do this. Do that. Do this. No, don't do that. That's ridiculous. Don't put on Facebook that you like something when you actually really don't. <laughs> it's The things out there are fake. There are a lot of fake yeah. people out there. There are a lot of true people that want to really help you. Find those people that really want to help you and take them with you. Be part of your team and make that work. If they don't want to be part of you, then move on. It's okay. If the house does not work out for you, don't force it. Yep. If, if the finances aren't working, then wait. But if you're ready and motivated, do it. There's no no reason to hold back and wait because you only live once. <laughs> yellow. We'll end it on yellow. But, yeah, no. But in all honesty, you know, doing your homework, taking that on yourself. You're the driver of the change in your life right now. Uh, number two is line up the team and then verify that team. And there's nothing like, you know, a good night's rest after you had that second opinion and you either went with it because it was better or that validated why you're, why you're with Wayne or Kyle. My favorite text <laughs> I got in the past three months from a patient, he said, you are awesome. You were correct. That's all he said. <laughs> oh, man. Because he went and got a second opinion from a specialist. He's like, you were correct. I'm like, thank you. That's all I need to hear. Love it. Well, awesome, you guys. Appreciate your time today. And uh, give these guys a call. 